The Oxford Centre for Triple Value Healthcare, 3B, is a social enterprise with the goal of building capacity and capability in healthcare to increase value. As part of its mission, 3V promotes the dissemination of knowledge. From our library of almost 1,000 books, we have produced short downloadable podcasts that summarise the most important classic books, book pods. These are essential for anyone working in healthcare and enable you to learn while you walk, drive or travel by bus or train. Enjoy this week's book pod and ensure you get a new one downloaded by subscribing to Radio Value from your usual podcast provider. I went into public health because of something called the Pickering Platt controversy. No long gone, but it may come back again. Lord Platt believed that high blood pressure was a disease and that the population could be divided into those who had high blood pressure and those who did not, and that there was a cut-off between normal blood pressure and high blood pressure. Sir George Pickering, professor at St Mary's and then in Oxford, believed that there was a single population, and the blood pressure was, like height, distributed normally in the population. The normal or Gaussian distribution, named after Gauss, and I've got a picture of Gauss in the old 10 Deutschmark note, with a, one of his curves on the note. I was convinced by Pickering's argument, as indeed everyone else was, But the whole shape of this curve gave rise to lots of other ways of thinking. Firstly, Pickering refused to use the word normal, except in referring to the shape of this curve. Secondly, Geoffrey Rose, who also worked on cardiovascular epidemiology, started to think in a different way about the balance between high-risk preventive medicine and whole-population preventive medicine. You see, even if you accept that there is a single group, then within that population, within that single group, some individuals can be identified at high risk. They're not qualitatively different from the rest of the distribution curve, but they are at higher risk. For example, if you take the people who are two standard deviations above the mean, say the top 3% of people with high blood pressure, then they're at very high risk of having an adverse event. This led to the introduction of screening. And screening focused on high-risk individuals. Very rarely individuals who were qualitatively different from the general population, just individuals at very high risk. Thus, you could say, if you wanted to be particularly annoying, that there was no such thing as high blood pressure. There were only people whose blood pressure was so high that the benefits of anti hypertensive medication outweighed the harms and the risks of that particular form of treatment and that therefore they should be recommended to have it. As screening developed, more and more people focused on individuals at risk. And of course in private practice this was a major source of money. Not just for the money but for the enthusiasm of helping individuals. That's what doctors love to do. In Japan, for example, the most senior executives were given a three-week, what was called a dry dock, like uh, having the barnacles scraped off the foot, the, 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 the under parts of um, an oil tanker. Goodness knows what went on in that 
that three-week dry dock, but one can only imagine. Geoffrey Rose wrote a book called The Strategy of Preventive Medicine, at which he described very clearly the difference between these two approaches, which seems entirely obvious now, but of course most brilliant ideas do seem entirely obvious after the first person has described them. And he called these two strategies the high-risk strategy and the population strategy. His book, he said, now quote, will explore the principles and ramifications of both the high-risk and the population strategies of prevention and the respective strengths and limitations. Finally, the conclusion will be that preventive medicine must embrace both, but of the two power resides with the population strategy. We're in this position now, for example in cardiovascular disease or in stroke. If we could shift the distribution curve of the weight of the population, then that would shift the distribution curve of the blood pressure, and that in turn would lead to a very significant reduction in stroke. Another consequence of Jeffrey Rose's observations are that, and this is one of his most famous sayings, most events occur in low-risk people. And I speak as someone who was low-risk, but then had a myocardial infarction. It didn't bother me because I knew Jeffrey Rose had said this for years, that most events occur in low-risk people because there's so many more of them. So even though the individual risk is much lower, there are so many people in the population that the total number of adverse events is higher. So, there we are. The balance between the individual approach and the population approach. Here are three questions to reflect on. Firstly, if you were in charge of cardiovascular disease prevention, would you change the balance between the approach to high-risk individuals and the whole population approach. Secondly, if you're in charge of cancer prevention, would you change the balance between the high-risk approach, mostly through screening, and the prevention approach, for example, dietary change? And finally, if you come to mental health, perhaps the most difficult preventive challenge, but one which is possible, what is the right balance between the population approach to better mental health and the high-risk individual approach? Jeffrey Rose was the very wise person who wrote The Strategy of Preventive Medicine that said we always had to do both, but there would have to be a balance. Mm-hmm.